on Young Nostalgia. The heat's coming and we're feeling it. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome. Thanks so much for coming back, cozying up with us as we continue our journey of retro pop culture with our mystery movie picks for each other. This week was Heat, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, and a whole bunch of amazing slew of actors and actresses were lined up in there. Some I even forgot or I looked at and I was like, hey, you look extremely familiar. Mm Mm-hmm. It was kind of nuts, but overall, very cool. We're excited to jump into it. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Young Nostalgia, episode 119, and as always, the best co-host in the entire world in this very moment, who is live (laughs) with me on a podcast, (laughs) Mr. Ben. How are you doing today, big guy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. We are getting getting some snow currently dumped on us here uh, here in Ohio. Pretty sure it's the same storm that just dumped like a over a foot of snow on Nolan, so... Oh, yeah. It was... Yeah, it was bad. I mean, the la- I mean last week when we talked, it was me. I just got home late because I got stuck in the driveway coming in now, coming into the apartment. So that was a, that was a time and a half. Um, but luckily, it's cleared up, uh, but there's still a lot of snow out there. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, unfortunately, it, like, cooled it down way too quick, so it wasn't very good packing snow recently because... Mm-hmm. I'm always a big fan of you have the opportunity to build a snowman, but didn't get the opportunity this year yet. Yeah, so, that's kind of where we're right. at here as well. It's been ultra cold the past week or so, like single digits overnight. Uh-huh. And uh, and today, and the day that it starts snowing, I went outside today and it was 31 degrees. You know, so it's right. one or two degrees away from being rain. Um, it's a nice yeah, wet, yeah. wet dense sloppy snow yeah i'm a fan that's the fun stuff mm-hmm. really good for making <laughs> those really hard packed snowballs yes bam. just smacking somebody in the face when they're not looking <laughs> oh hey ben bam. Huh? Boom. concussion <laughs> yeah right concussion <laughs> worth it uh, i love it um yeah man i think it's gonna be another great show uh the heat Again, a 1995 movie by Michael Mann. Um, it was good stuff. We're excited to hear Ben's thoughts. This is his first time watching it. Um, and then we'll just uh, continue from there where we'll go through Ben's thoughts. And then uh, depending on what the conversation holds, uh, if there's anything left that I put down that we didn't didn't touch upon, we'll just round it out there. What do you think, big guy? It was about a three-hour movie. It's not going to be a three-hour podcast, but there's a lot to talk about. What oh, do you think? oh you're, not down, you're not down for three hours today? No, I, I mean, I can. I think listeners would uh, be pretty over it. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Let's get into it here. I'm guessing, yeah. I, I'm guessing, yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, waiting for the different. <laughs> 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 Trying to throw you a bone of like, Okay, Ben, you say yes, I'm ready, or no, I'm not ready, and then he says nothing. I don't know. I just, I just figured you were, you were doing it. I was just trying to get that in before you hit the transition, and, and <laughs> right, we were, right. we we're on two different pages there. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it we made it. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> still the best, still the best co-host that is currently live. The on best the podcast. The best so. co-host in in uh, Ashland County, Ohio. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this side of the Mississippi. Uh, all right. So, first of all, I cannot believe that I've never seen this movie before. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I like crime, specifically kind of like an organized crime movie. Mm-hmm. I like that, but this... The... I don't really know what kind of genre heat would fall into. Maybe like a, like a crime drama, action crime drama. Yeah. Kind of. I, I would, I would say that's, that's pretty good. Kind of thing. That's a pretty good description. It definitely wouldn't be a movie that I would normally watch. Not that I don't like those. Mm-hmm. It's just not on my limited moving watching movie watching time. It's not what I would choose to watch, but uh, I might have right. to change up that uh styling a little bit because i i really enjoyed it um and then plus i mean as much as we talked about how great al pacino is de niro is on the same exact level oh for sure i mean these guys are just crazy powerhouses when it comes to films like this that have like organized or 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 crime to an extent that's like very uh tense mm-hmm. or very um high high risk but high reward type of stuff mm-hmm. um yeah absolutely i'm with you I'm with yeah you. just absolutely fantastic and i didn't realize like you started to talk about i didn't realize how many big stars were in this movie and i think you know part of the reason you don't see you know them super high build is they weren't necessarily super popular quite yet mm-hmm. um they had uh, they had been around for a while but i don't think that they were the household names that we would generally associate with them i mean obviously right. we have pacino de niro val kilmer um but there was john void in there danny trejo um yep tom sizemore yep exactly yeah and, and it's i had no idea that all of these people were in this movie um mm-hmm. you know when i looked it up to, to watch it. I see, Oh, Pacino and De Niro. And that's, that's what there is. That's what's billed. And it's like, Holy cow. There's so much more. Yeah, no man, it's crazy. And and they all work like everything works together. Um, Oh, definitely. Very well. It wasn't one of these movies where they just try to pack in established names and no, no one really kind of fits together. And you see, you see that happen sometimes where they, just for names they they cram everybody together even if it doesn't fit and this was not the case yeah <laughs> right right that's awesome i'm i'm glad i'm glad overall you you enjoyed it quite a bit we'll we'll, we'll give it a rating at the end uh, yeah. at the end of the episode yep so it was kind of interesting i mean it starts off boom right in the middle of it pretty much uh-huh. there's not uh there's not a lead up to anything there's not a short backstory to anything it's boom right in the basically right as this armored truck heist is starting uh the morning of um and then even after it does start it does take quite a while to get into any of the characters backstory not that they really went into that deep of a backstory at all um Mm -hmm. this type of movie you don't necessarily always have to have that but uh I mean, it was it was quite a ways into the movie before there was any sort of details on on the characters at all, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. We don't always see that kinds of thing. Right, 
Right. I'm with you too. And I actually had that same kind of point down too, where the movie jumps in on these two characters um, that, I mean, pretty much the whole movie is a lot of like this cat and mouse game between mm-hmm. Pacino and De Niro uh, and their characters. But the movie jumps in and looks at these characters after after they've already been well experienced in like their professions or the lives that they're doing with Robert De Niro playing Neil McCauley and Al Pacino playing Vincent Hanna. And Al Pacino is a lieutenant detective, like homicide detective or uh, something along the lines of... Um, high crime kind of stuff, high level crime. Um, and then De Niro has been part of just professional bank robber for decades. And it's interesting because you find out like the way they tell their backstory is almost through how each character learns about each other. Mm-hmm. Like you don't learn backstory until the other character like realizes who this person is. Um, like during the cat and mouse game, they'll like pull surveillance or do something on each other, like almost, you know, catching each other in the act or 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 getting them off their trail. But that's when you learn more is like when a main character learns more about a, another main character, if that makes sense. No, no. It, like the movie isn't telling it. It's the characters telling it about each other. Right. That makes total sense. And if you didn't say that, that's what I was going to say, where it's nothing is explicitly stated. It's. Hannah learns something about Macaulay and then that's when we learn it. And then Macaulay learns something about Hannah and that's when we find it out as well. And that's not just for those two characters. That's kind of about everyone on screen. All of the, all of Macaulay's crew, anytime that Hannah learns something about them, that's generally when we find it out as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I I think generally like really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I like that that aspect because kind of going into the movie, you're like, okay, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys, but we don't know what's behind the curtain just yet until it until you start peeling it back throughout the movie. So yeah, and it it doesn't even cool. it doesn't even get into you said here's the good guys, here are the bad guys, and they don't really even allude to if that's really the case or not. Obviously, the bad guys are you know committing crimes, but yeah. There's almost an air of we don't even know if Hannah is a good cop or a crooked cop going in. As a first time lit watcher, I was kind of on the fence about is he is there actually going to be kind of a dark side to him that's on the shady side? Yeah. And they'd never really explicitly state that. And you find out in the end that that that's not the case, but. I just kind of like that on the fence feeling that that he had a little bit early mm-hmm. on, and maybe for sure, maybe for part sure. of that's just Pac- casting Pacino as the detective, <laughs> you know? Um, right, right. He's always just a rough around the edges kind of guy, right? And that's kind of I. It's a little bit lower in my notes, but uh, that's one of the things I thought was a little bit interesting about this movie, and I kept thinking about it multiple times. Is it's odd for me to see Pacino on the other side of the law. Right, right. Um, you know, I mean, almost everything that you... I wouldn't say almost everything. The stuff that I know him from, uh, you know, the mob-type movies, obviously The Godfather, that's what I know him from. Uh, yeah. You know, Michael, Michael Corleone, that's... That's who my, that is Michael Corleone in in <laughs> yep, my mind. Like Scarface. Yeah, Scarface. And, and, you know, that's what you think of when you think Al Pacino, not necessarily detective. So it's kind of interesting seeing him play the other side. 
Um, and I think he, he did it extremely well. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I like him in this role quite a bit because if there's any actor that can like push the boundaries of like stay still staying within the authority of a law enforcement officer, but pushing the boundaries as much as possible, um, but also garnering respect based on like his previous escapades and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It, it's definitely like El Pacino in a, in Vincent Hanna's role. Um, and it's cool. Like there's almost an air of like 1920s, like FBI just starting and how they had secret squads of trying to infiltrate and get rid of like mob members and mm-hmm. stuff where they kind of like had special circumstances that they can kind of operate slightly outside the law it's almost like that kind of dynamic with hannah and he's kind of like grandfathered in being like i've taken down so many of these type of crews that neil mccauley is a part of that i just know that this is what you have to do and i'm gonna do it right yeah and even stuff that's not necessarily outside of the law it was unconventional yes Um, that's that's a good way that's a better way to put it you know it's what other movie is showing the leader of the crew and the detective trying to catch him in the act sitting in a coffee shop talking about their lives you know that that is my favorite scene out of the entire movie (laughs) it is the best yeah and i was i was so thrown off when that happened because he said you want to go get a cup of coffee i'm thinking there's a setup involved there's (laughs) something and and no they sat down for a cup of coffee Yep, and they're like, "You got to do what you got to do, and I got to do what I got to do." But when it comes down to it, I will shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty and, much like how it all ended. And I found it interesting. This wasn't even in my notes, really, and I kind of bringing it up as we go. The interactions between the two was really interesting because they're at the same time of there was this really high level of respect for each other each per each mm-hmm. guy uh knew the other person was extremely good at what they do and there was a right. respect for right. that they were really good at what they did one is a criminal one's uh detective and on the same side of that respect there was an understand even before it was stated out loud there was an understanding that's like hey i respect you but you screw up once and i'm taking you out yeah like big time. do not let your guard down yeah which yeah, was fantastic i love it just crazy crazy amazing mm-hmm. just i don't know on screen um chemistry during that whole thing for sure mm-hmm. well i mean I, just talking about the same thing i mean look at de niro his role as a leader or a a, a mastermind of anything that is what that is robert de niro's purpose yeah. As an actor, that is what he does, and he is fantastic at it. Yes. Um, I mean, just there's uh, obviously there's Neil McCauley. Uh, he plays the young the young Vito Corleone, starting with The mm-hmm. Godfather Part Two. He's in The Untouchables. He plays uh, Al Capone in The Untouchables. Uh, oh, okay. The movie Casino, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and that's. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be, you know, uh, organized crime mob type thing. But just any time that there was any sort of mastermind of anything, that role is made for Robert De Niro. For sure. For sure. And like 
he shines when he's comfortable in that kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really like it when uh, like De Niro as a leader role, like if you take it in, in the form of heat where he's pushed to the boundary and he's like, I have to assert myself time to take this guy, smash his head against the table and be like, you screwed up and now you're going to pay mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I mean, he can obviously organize it all, but then he's also like asserting his authority in, in terms of this group and being like, I know what I'm doing. You listen to me mm-hmm. or you're dead. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. So it adds a lot, a lot to the character. I 100% agree. Here's There's times when there's for calm, cool, and collected using your brain. And then there's times to you do what you got to do and make it happen. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and and I loved it. Like like that scene where um, just after the uh, armored car heist in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that guy just screwed up because he just shot one of the guards for no reason, and uh, Neil was just not taking any of it. And in, in the middle of a diner, he just started beating the crap out of him, and everyone's <laughs> like, uh, "You okay?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's so good. Yes, I mean Robert De Niro specifically, seventies through nineties. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Uh, almost unbeatable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. All right. So what's next on my list here? Oh, uh, did you realize that this was loosely based on a true story? No, I had no idea whatsoever. Like, do you have anything in terms of like what the story was that it was based on? Uh, I didn't include in much of the actual story, but it's based on an actual cat and mouse game between i don't think vincent hannah was his name but the actual criminal's name was neil mccauley um in chicago yeah i think uh i don't know oh yeah okay yeah yeah uh true story neil mccauley elks ex alcatraz inmate uh tracked down by detective chuck adamson 1964 so this is kind of an updated telling of that story okay okay um which that's interesting yeah and i i obviously i'd never seen this movie so i didn't know that much about it but i really didn't know that it was somewhat factual and obviously nothing's ever true to real life especially when the right time period's different but just the fact that it's right right loosely based is pretty cool for sure um I guess kind of I wanted to go in a little bit to the actual filmography of it, which was kind of, I would say, I wouldn't call it odd, but it was, it kind of stood out a little bit. Uh Um, uh Maybe, I guess odd would be a good descriptor, but not odd in a bad way. So there's kind of some of the sequences and it wasn't really the, the high action sequences. It was kind of the right before the action and right after the action, kind of the lead up and the, the fallback, it was a little bit choppy. Mm-hmm. And right. I kind of thought it was a little bit odd because most of the times when they do that, it's cutting between two main characters, like it would be cutting between the criminal and the detective. But sometimes right. it was choppy in the same scene. Like it would be showing the same thing, but just cut into different angles a lot. Um uh-huh. Which I don't think was a bad thing. I just it's just something that I noticed, and I think it's it doesn't really seem out of the question for a '90s movie. It seems like that was kind of yeah. the popular thing for '90s uh, cinematography, right? 
Right. No, I, I, I totally get that. Even like if you look at it as a whole, I feel like some of the story beats, like it all comes together, but it's also very choppy too, where it's like it'll fully develop one thing altogether. And then all of a sudden they're like robbing a bank. And then that develops something new. But there's no like lead up to why this bank, where the, why they're doing this and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's just like a huge shootout, which is nuts. But yeah. It's interesting to even think of it like that because actually just looking at the Wikipedia page after you were talking about what it's based off of, mm-hmm. uh, a true story, um, Michael Mann, the director, actually started filming um, a like television series that followed this same story, but it was unproduced. Mm-hmm. So it almost kind of makes sense how like segmented it is. With like branching story things, obviously they all come together, but almost of like written for a TV show where eat like one hour right. shows per season, all in all makes a whole story. So right, that makes I could see that that makes that makes sense a little bit. Also, did you see in there? Uh, did you see what in there? What he abandoned to start making this movie? No, he, on his drawing room table was a uh, he had started a James Dean biopic. No and way. And then when this started to come to fruition, he pretty much just threw that away and started uh, full time on this. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, it doesn't mean much in that's context good. here, but it I thought it was interesting. Right. Um, no, that that's really cool. Another thing that I it was a little bit distracting. It was it was so bad that it was kind of distracting was the weird automotive scenes uh, the weird driving okay scenes like every time anyone was in a car there was aside from like the chase where they're shooting and that sort of thing uh if it was just like macaulay driving or even uh hannah driving there was this wherever they were going it might have been this really urgent thing really fast-paced cutting of scenes but it also had this weird kind of calm, slow feel to it as right. well. And I, I noticed it more on Macaulay where the music seemed to it, it kind of slow down a little bit. And I don't know. It just seemed like they kind of drew out those scenes a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. Like, oh, like it, I think the, the biggest one that this reminds me of is when Hannah gets in the car to pull over Macaulay to ask him for a coffee. Mm-hmm. But like the the point of view would change to like if the camera was right in front of the car like looking down the headlights right and then it almost looked like somebody was like fast forwarding a vcr while they were like interchanging lanes and it was just very very weird well yeah and i'm glad you brought that up too because there was some really horrendous cgi involved in some of that too (laughs) i noticed it when uh uh, macaulay and edie were driving into a tunnel at the towards the end of the movie oh there was this weird I mean, all the cars around him anyway look horrible <laughs> because they're basically on a green screen. Yeah. And they the drive screen in this movie was awful. Yes, it was. And when they drove into this tunnel, I knew what they were trying to show. They were trying to show the a mixture of like the camera changing and the light changing from driving in the dark versus entering the tunnel. Uh-huh. But really all they did to to mimic that effect was like wash out the color and then fade it back <laughs> in. Yeah. It looked horrible. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like awful. A, yeah. And you know, it, and it doesn't, it was such a good movie that it didn't really, you know, take it down too much, but it was, it was kind of distracting. Mm-hmm. It was like, kind of like, kind of broke me out of my concentration watching the movie a little bit. And it's like, wait, wh- yeah. what on earth just happened? That was weird. Did it like <laughs> screw up streaming the movie or something? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's funny. No, I I can get that. That 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 was super weird. And then also like when uh, Edie and Macaulay were like met up for the first time, the green screen of the cityscape of Los Angeles oh. is so it's so flat. It's so just like unflattering for the scene. And you're like, I am not in this scene right now. Like they are legitimately just cut out awfully with a pair of scissors against a green screen and yeah. i was like this is terrible they it would have been better off not even to use a green screen someone could have just like painted the street lights on a canvas and stuck it behind <laughs> yeah. the balcony like it would have been better than that yes yes like yep. i i, I understand funny. that in 1995 the cgi technology was nowhere near what it is today but movies prior to this back into the 30s and 40s they didn't have any CGI and they had backdrops look twice as good as that. Like I get that yeah. you're trying to implement the new technology, but how about we just like stick to the tried and true before that technology <laughs> is perfected, please. Right. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was funny. It was really funny. Um, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause, cause I mean, in the grand scheme of everything, it, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, if we're talking about things that just like, also, like, don't look right. I noticed that you put, like, the police shootouts, especially in just, like, the streets of L.A. There's no you know? <laughs> way. I mean, criminals? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. But the police, even, like, the detectives in the detective unit who should know better yep. for being on the force for 20 years, they are just blindly sp- just spraying through the streets of L.A. Like, there is yeah. no yeah. way like rush hour LA downtown and they're just like running around with assault rifles. Yeah. Just like firing. pedestrians are just running out of the way of the bullets <laughs> yeah. being sprayed by law enforcement like that. That yeah. kind of ground my gears a little bit. Um, right. You know, there's, there's movies that I don't care that they take big leaps like that because that's what the movie is. But in a movie like this, that's supposed mm-hmm. to be like a realistic drama that, that kind of, that bugged me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just like kind of like blind firing um, over and over and over again with like no clear objective. Like they would say, go, go, go. And then they'd run somewhere, but they didn't like actually get anywhere. Um, and I was just kind of like, what's going on here? Uh, I mean, it, I mean, that whole scene was like very cool, kind of like putting to head the whole cat and mouse game. Um, and that's where like tide started turning to more of like Hannah and uh, Macaulay was like put more on his heels, but uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden like that in, in nineties action movie fashion where windows would just smash randomly and things would just mm-hmm. start like decaying and just like, yeah, it would just get weird. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, and I know what they were going for. They were going for that, that peak, that peak of the movie. Uh, and, they needed some action to fill that peak of the movie, but I feel like they could have done it better. They could have, they could have done more of a subdued chase a little bit. You know, they're maybe they're hiding mm-hmm. in the city, and maybe there's a couple shots down alleyways and that sort of thing. And I feel like they could have, right. there could have been ways around 
doing that, but right, it is what right. it is. Oh, oh, right, right. No, I'm with you. Um, or almost like it would have been cool uh, if they kind of went through a whole sequence of Macaulay like planned for things to go south. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, we mapped this out and we know where thing is, where things are to like run on foot. Well, like the police are trying to struggle to like block off those things. and Yeah, they're um, trying to maintain order, yeah. get street, get a, right. a parameter set up and that sort of thing. And I, I 100% agree with that. That's I feel like that's what would be more fitting for that that time right. in the movie. But I don't know, right. it, it is what it is. It's still a good movie, but it, that's just something that for bugged sure. me a little bit. For sure. But there is um, something so freaking classy that gets you into the mindset of this movie that when they rob this bank in amazing looking suits and ski masks, <laughs> I mean, like there is something so absolutely classic and then they actually pull it off just by walking out the front door. Like mm-hmm. that's like perfect classic, like heist stuff. Right. Yeah, that was pretty good. And I, and I guess one of the last things I kind of have on my list is an overall... I don't think this movie was very predictable like a lot of other crime drama kind of stuff is. Right, right. Um, there's always, it seems like every every time there's any sort of plot twist or a turn in the plot or, or whatever, the, the climax and then the resolution, you can kind of always see what's coming. And I didn't find that to be the case at all with this movie. Um, I, I nice. didn't, I had no idea there was going to be issues with, uh, Hannah's stepdaughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea that there was going to be, uh, well, I guess I, the, the ending of the movie specifically, I was, the way they set it up, I wasn't sure if the good guys were going to win at all. Yeah. I just, yeah, I didn't know. Um, and they, they drug, I mean, it was like down to the last 30 seconds of the movie, uh, uh-huh. before you actually found out, you know, what's going to happen here. If, if Macaulay's actually going to get away or not. Right. Right. I'm with you. That, that, that whole sequence of, um, kind of when Macaulay like sets things even, you know, mm-hmm. Um, all the way up until the very end is 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 very good, um, and like it's crazy how how many times this quote comes up, but also just like how this dictates Macaulay's life as well as just things that happen to him in the movie. So Macaulay's go to thing every time he 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 talks about his rationale for doing things, it's it's a quote that he was told maybe by somebody that kind of got him into the business mm-hmm. and taught him everything he knew. But it, the quote is. Quote, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk away or walk out walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. And like he lives by that and 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 he ultimately the movie ends just like that. How yep. how the ending comes to fruition is because he leaves that one person that he was looking so forward to like getting away with, but he was like I know if I stay and leave with her, I'm done for. So I'm gone. He's he's done leaves. for, and he's dragging her into it as well. Right, mm-hmm. right. So so it's crazy how that quote is lived by by him, but also the people around him. Like leading up to that finale, 
everyone he knew in his life is gone because they got out. Yeah, they got out or he had so, to walk away from. Yeah. Very yeah. crazy. Yep. I thought that thought that was a, a pretty um great aspect to his character. I mean, that's to get be in his position, I mean, you're that's that has to be your life's mentality. Um, you know, you yeah, don't yeah. in any type of profession like that. I mean, you don't get anywhere if you don't have that that type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's cool. Sorry. I feel like I'm just like on a hype train with this movie right now and just like spouting things out and can't shut up. No, no, that's fine. Um, I think that's pretty much all of my stuff. I didn't necessarily hit all the points, but we talked about them regardless. So um, okay. we can go ahead and head on into your thoughts. And if there's anything that I missed that you have, feel free to uh, cover it. Cool, man. Um the first few we actually got down pretty good and we touched on a little bit of just like how their backstory opened up throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But a really cool thing I really enjoyed too is that even though uh, Al Pacino uh, or Vincent Hanna and Robert De Niro, Neil McKelly are on different sides of this entire coin of crime and law, they're actually like so much alike. And when backstories start opening up, it's literally said so a really cool scene was when the cat and mouse game really started getting going and Hannah realized like, Oh, we got set up to be scoped out (laughs) by the crew. Like they got set up by Neil. Um, And so then once they started getting that, like Neil started to get that information about like who is Vincent Hannah and why are they like, how are they so good at getting on our tail? Um, And pretty much like Neil's close informant and kind of like pulling strings when strings need pulled in the end, uh, pretty much told them the background of Vincent and was like, this guy is just like you. His life is ruled by getting the stuff done that he needs done and he's held accountable for. Um, And so that's kind of when the backstory really opens up. Was that his fence? Was that I think Nate was his name? Yes, like like his handler kind of almost. Yeah, like the yeah. guy who, who got everything around for him. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so that 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 was so cool. And then like the movie played on, you know, if Neil's life was falling apart, Vincent's life was also falling apart with like his relationship at home and and uh you know, the job didn't go well or the stakeout didn't go well for, for Vincent. Like a lot of things were happening on both sides that were falling against each character um trying to like catch each other or 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 get free from each other or something like that so that was a pretty cool thing for me mm-hmm. yeah no definitely i definitely agree um i mean the the, the entire six I, I not necessarily like the box office success or anything but the the success of this movie with just being a good movie is 100 percent dependent on that that relationship that's built between Macaulay and Hannah. Um, and yeah. that, I mean, that's the entirety of the movie right there. Anything that happens on the side is, you know, the action parts yeah, that adds to the movie, but that relationship is what makes the movie. For sure. For sure. I love it, man. It, it, it just, it just, I don't know. I just get all giddy when I hear that you like enjoy a movie. Cause sometimes I'm like, Ooh, might be going out on a limb on this one. And then Ben's like, Oh no, I like that. So, uh, I, I wanted to get your true and honest thoughts on, uh, just the ending in general. So if you were able to watch along with us, uh, again, this is heat with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Um, 
we're going to be talking about like how the movie ends. We've kind of been steering away from actually saying what happens. But uh, if you haven't yet, go see it. Come back for the last like maybe 10 minutes of this episode. But I want to hear your thoughts on just the ending, right? Where uh, Neil gets away uh, after he he um, uh, gets even with Wayne Berg. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne bro or something. Wayne. Oh, uh, yeah. Bragg? I, I can't uh, crap. It's I can't. like. It's like Rang Rangrove or something like that. Um, yeah, I had a hard time. The way they, the couple times that it was said in the movie, it wasn't super clear on how to pronounce it, and then right. to actually read the name, it's also not clear on how to pronounce it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, he pretty much like settles the score, and then he's like running away, like trying to get to his. Uh, getaway plane and then Hannah spots him and then he runs and they're in the uh, airfield pretty much like going back and forth like who's going to slip up and get shot Um, and it leads to this huge head and it turns out that the shadows and the bright lights are actually the undoing for Neil um, McCauley and right at the end Vincent sees that shadow and just fires and uh, ends up killing Neil but like what are your thoughts on like that ending? Did you feel like it was abrupt or just kind of like, because the movie like literally ends, like there's nothing after that, like after, after the shooting and then Vincent's kind of like, I guess I won and just kind of standing over him while he bleeds <laughs> out. Um, but like, what were your thoughts on that, on that whole sequence? Um, I, I was still because this is my first time seeing it. I was still like we talked about before. I didn't, I didn't know who was gonna win, and so, um, it did have that uh, kind of like you said, where it was a game of. It wasn't necessarily who was better, who was smarter. It was a game of in a very chaotic environment. I mean, they're on an airfield hiding between these little outbuildings with planes coming in right over their head, a very chaotic environment. It was a matter of who screwed up first. Um, and you know, it's, it's no surprise. Like I said, I didn't know who was going to win, but it's no surprise when the good guys win at the end of a, a crime movie. Um, so I wasn't necessarily surprised there. Um, but I thought it was, interesting when he did shoot Macaulay and he's bleeding out um just there the short interaction while he was dying it was almost Hannah his reaction was almost like a little bit sad which I thought was interesting but I also kind of understood it at the same time like it's we learn throughout the movie that his life revolves around what he does every part of his life is dictated by his drive to hunt down his prey pretty much and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think they were kind of showing that he finally got him he after this long battle he finally got his man but then when he realized that he won he was almost a little bit let down because the chase was over right that's kind of the feeling that i got from it um as well interesting and and it doesn't it doesn't really bother me that the movie ended right there just because that's you know the the no part of the movie is actually about any of the backstory behind any of these people i mean there's 
minor plot points that kind of drive the story along, you know, that deal with uh, characters' lives and that sort of thing. But that's not what it's really about. And so I don't really miss tying up any of those loose ends, you know, at the end. You know, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. two main characters came to a head. One walked out alive. And that's that's really all you need. Right. That's cool. I, I really appreciate your take on that. Um, and absolutely, I'm, I'm with you, too. Um, it, yeah, it's really cool how it's brought to a head right there. And almost like the music throughout the whole movie is very simple, almost kind of rhythmic in terms mm-hmm. of whether it's like suspenseful and just kind of like repetitive um, in certain areas. But this is the most music that it stood out to me was right at the end when Hannah was like, okay, this is over now. I can almost breathe again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the music almost made you feel like uplifting or like a weight was lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. Because both of both of these guys were like having this hung over, the, hung over their head of being like, one of us is going to die today, but who is it? And when it's realized like, like it's one of us is going to die today, who is it? But there's also a lot of respect for each other because mm-hmm. they're like the best in their respective fields. And I feel like that's kind of where your thoughts of like almost a little bit sadness or like now what's next now that I got this guy or, or exhaustion or whatever. Um, But yeah, the music just made me feel like I can finally just relax now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird for a high stress environment that led up to that. Yeah. And and it, it definitely was kind of a, a weird calm after the fact, but I think part of what they were trying to show with, uh, and this isn't specifically the very end. This is maybe the last half hour, 20 minutes or so. Um, they almost appeared to be showing how not just their, I'll say, quote unquote, professional relationship between Macaulay and Hannah. Um, obviously, he's a career uh-huh. criminal, so I guess that would be a professional <laughs> uh, relationship. He wasn't just learning things about Macaulay to make him a better detective and to win you know, his chase, I think they kind of showed that he learned a little bit about himself. Um, the way, like, like for example, the way he handled his interaction, he brought Lauren to the hospital. Um, uh, uh-huh. and then he's talking with his, uh, he was still his wife, I guess at that time. Um, right. But the way they kind of interacted and they, they made it seem like he's, Hannah's just now realizing how much Macaulay's, uh, life motto, the, you know, never, uh, you know, don't get attached to something that you're not willing to walk away from, you know, whatever I screw up the quote, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's almost <laughs> like Hannah realizes that that directly applies to his life too. Right. And right. He right. talks about that in that conversation. What was, uh, her name was Ju- Julia. Uh, Justine. Justine. Wow. It, that Okay. Starts with a J, I guess. <laughs> kind of close. Um, <laughs> you can tell in that conversation that Hannah's realizing that that applies to his life and that he's kind of taking that into account. Like, he for once kind of agreed with her, like, you know, this is, that's what I am. And I can't, yep. I can't change that. Yeah. And I, for that reason, I can't, I can't be tied down. I can't be attached to things, you know. Um, so I right, thought that. Right kind of bringing that back around to the very end i think he's seeing that he just killed the he just killed macaulay i think he's part of that reaction on his face is 
you know, the chase is over, but also he learned so much from him. Yep. Yep. Professionally and personally. Right. Right. That was kind of a long way to get Crazy. to that point, but no, man, I, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And it's interesting. Like it, it's almost like one of those situations. That I don't know how to like say this, um, to like, you know, get the, get the thought aqua- across, but like, so you know how in life where you're like, Oh, I know if I can get this or do this or get to this point, it'll make a lot of things better. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that. Uh, it's almost like, okay, uh, sorry. Okay. So, so you <laughs> think that, that once you get to this point, things will be better. Right. And so like, let's say you get to that point and then it's like, oh, you know what? It's not really that much better. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that feeling because in the movie, um, when Vincent is kind of like, oh, you know what? He got away. I lost. And then he's all mad and he's like pissed and he's like just really upset and just like, I'm over it. I'm done. I am going to leave and you're not going to see me for a little while and I'm just going to go take a shower and just like stop it all. So he's really mad. But then when it turns out that he actually has a chance all of it comes to a head. He ends up killing him. And then he's almost like in his mind, he's like, you know, this isn't exactly how I thought this would end right. or how, like how this would be or feel or something yeah, like that. It's, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. It's like every time he has this big chase and he finally wins, he thinks, Oh, all I got to do is get this over with. All I got to do is finish it. Right. And then when he's done, right. there's always going to be another case right afterwards. And he's going to have to start yep. the whole thing over again. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. All right, man. I mean, that pretty much rounds us out. So what do you think? Give us honest rating of heat. What do you think? Uh, I would. I I like this movie so much. I would give this an honest nine. I really enjoyed Ooh. it. That's really cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. A nine, a nine for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. That makes me happy. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy it. I mean, S- something you'd probably watch again at, at some point. I mean, it's a it's a chunk of a movie. Oh, it is a chunk of a movie. But you know what? It didn't. It sucks you in so much that you don't realize that it's three hours long. Right. I'm with you. It doesn't. You know, there's some movies where they're they're good movies. But you you look at the clock and you're like, wow, I've been watching this for a long time, you know. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and this one is yeah. just it just felt like watching any other movie. It seemed like it went by just just like a normal movie would. Right, that's awesome, dude. Cool nines from both Ben and I for yep. Heat. I love it. Hopefully, you guys either watched along or even if you know how it all ends, <laughs> pick it up, give it a shot. I think you guys will enjoy it quite a bit. It's a, it's a, it's a good movie. So. All right, big guy. What do you think? Should we round this puppy out? Let's round it out. All right, man. Here we go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Episode 119, all about heat with the movie mystery picks. Um, next week, what is up? Is it... Uh, My Blue Heaven. Um, My Blue Heaven. That's it. My <laughs> Blue Heaven. Watch along with us. Next Tuesday will uh, be that episode going live. Um, this will be my first time watching it. And, uh, and and Ben's rewatch. So it's going to be, be quite the change discussion. up. I know. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be good. I mean, everything you've picked so far has been absolutely fantastic. So um, 
It's going to be a good time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you guys out there. Uh, you can find us on all your favorite podcasting uh, places that you like to listen to podcasts. That uh, podcasts are available and podcasts are quite good. You know, podcasts. Uh, you can find us on <laughs> Apple Music, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we are out there. If you like what you hear, as always, we would love to hear from you. Give us a five-star review or give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Anything else, big guy? No, I think that was a great movie, great conversation. Uh, really excited for next week. Uh, and I hope you like next week's movie. Dude, next week's movie is going to be a blast. Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> this is such a good segment. I'm, I appreciate you. All right, man. I think that rounds us out. Anything else? Uh, sorry. No. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia, <laughs> keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. I gotta get better at this. We'll talk to you <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs>